0: Have you ever wondered why anyone drinks Malort? Or if there are actually lobsters in the Chicago River? Then listen to the Curious City podcast, where we answer all your questions about Chicago and the region. WBEZ's Curious City is part of the NPR network and available wherever you find your
1: podcasts.
0: A quick note before we start, this episode includes sensitive material that may not be suitable for all listeners. I'm Sasha Ann Simons, and this is Reset. A map of which states have banned abortion continues to shift in the days following the Supreme Court's decision to overturn Roe v. Wade. In Utah and Louisiana, trigger laws banning the procedure have been held up in court, so the current number of states with near or total bans now stands at eight. But it could climb to as many as half of U.S. states in a matter of months. Before Roe v. Wade went into effect in 1973, abortion was illegal in the U.S., and people seeking the procedure were forced to seek care outside of the healthcare system and in the shadows. I recently talked with a Chicagoan named Linda Bucina, who shared her story of having an abortion in the late 1960s. Tell us about when you found out you were pregnant.
1: I uh, got—I had morning sickness and I didn't feel right. I, w- I was still living at home and I was trying to hide it from my mother. And um, I don't even remember if there were pregnancy tests. I don't think so over the counter. So I figured that must be it.
0: Yeah how how old were you at the time?
1: I was nineteen. You
0: were nineteen, and. It's, Yeah. And it was the morning sickness that let you know that you were pregnant, or were there Mm -hmm. some other warning signs?
1: My girlfriend uh, and I figured it out.
0: So you said that you didn't want to tell your mother. Why? Were you scared? Oh,
1: my gosh, yes. This is 1968, 1969, and it was uh, unheard of. It was a scandal. I was afraid she was going to kick me out.
0: What else was going on in your life at the time? You're 19 years old. Were you in school? Were you working?
1: Yeah, I was going to school. I was going to a community college full-time at night, and I had a full-time job during the day. Like I said, I was living at home. I was saving up money to go away to a full-time college and uh, a university, and that's what was going on in my life, and also was partying partying a lot because... We were hippies, except we called each other freaks back then. Hippies came mm-hmm. later on. But you know what I mean.
0: Yeah. Did you have a partner? Uh, did you have a boyfriend? Yes,
1: I yes I did. And um, he acknowledged that uh, I was pregnant because of him, and he did not want to get married. He didn't want to be trapped into a marriage because of a child. So I was afraid to test his commitment. Really afraid about everything, and he said, "Do what you want to." And my pride kicked in, and I said, "I'll get an abortion." So you—I didn't think that he would support me. I know he wouldn't marry me. Yeah, you know, it was just all on me.
0: How important was that piece to you, marriage?
1: Oh, at that time, I didn't think that. Uh, Marriage was an option because I was so young, and it would have been what they called a shotgun wedding. Uh, I I was just really freaked out about the whole thing.
0: So you you made the decision ultimately to have an abortion. Now, did that option scare you given the times you were living in? Oh, my gosh. Yes. Yes. What did you know at that point? I'm curious about what an abortion was like like what had you heard through the grapevine about the process
1: oh it was a one-day process and uh that's all that i knew i was ignorant about my own body at that time there wasn't the uh movement yet of our bodies ourselves i didn't know what was going on i was scared i was so afraid But uh, I had made the decision, and I was very resolute about it.
0: How did you go about having the abortion? What were the first steps of organizing that?
1: Well, a friend of a friend of a friend gave me a phone number. And I dialed the phone number, and it was immediately picked up. And I said, I need to have an abortion. And immediately I thought I had messed up because he said, We don't use that word. He didn't tell me what word they use, but um, anyway, he gave me the details. What corner to be standing on at what day, at what time, and to have $600 in cash, which, as you can imagine, was a fortune. Um, I'm lucky that I had saved up money for college, and uh, my partner gave me some money. Mm -hmm. So... You know, I I was uh, I, I I was prepared for it. You know, I was willing to go through with it, but like I so said, it was frightening.
0: You make this phone call, and there's a guy on the other end of the phone. Now, I assume this isn't a doctor.
1: Oh no, no, not at all. And um, and
0: you don't know who he is.
1: No, no, absolutely not. It could have been really bad. They could have kidnapped me, stolen the money. You know, there were all kinds of scenarios that were running through my mind about whether or not this was going to work. But there had been friends of a friend of a friend who had had an abortion. And so I thought that this was probably the only way to go.
0: Uh, do you yes. remember the street corner that you met him at?
1: Oh, by no. By Once. You know, it was very scary to be standing alone on the corner waiting for him. And because of certain factors, I I concluded that this was a mob-run activity because it was illegal and because the guy who picked me up in a big white Cadillac uh, never turned to look at me, but I, I could see that he had really dark, wavy, greasy hair. So... I concluded that that's what this must be, because this was a well-run organization. Mm-hmm. That's why it costs so much.
0: Yeah. No, they, they definitely did this and did this all the time.
1: And he drove all over the place. I think that was on purpose. And he picked up another girl, another one, he said, and she got in and uh, the car and we both crouched in the corner away from each other, too afraid to even talk to each other.
0: Wow. Describe the place where he eventually took you, where you had the abortion. Is, was it a house? Was it some oh, sort it of? Oh, it was,
1: like I said, this was a smooth operation. And I was brought to the back door uh, of what turned out to be a doctor's office and clinic. And a nurse. And she was really dressed up in the nurse's outfit, received me and the the other girl. And we were ushered inside and told to wait. The other girl went first, and then it was my turn.
0: And then what happened Um, next?
1: Well, the other girl had obviously been throwing up. But anyway, I was ushered into a room, and I felt so vulnerable, getting undressed. And I'd never had an internal examination before. I didn't know what a speculum was or anything like that. It was so strange and frightening. I keep on using that word. Um, And so he widened me. Oh, he gave me a shot. And then he widened me so that he could get in. Mm -hmm. And I found out later about the procedure. It was really a simple procedure procedures, just scraping the inside, not scraping bad, but um, the inside of your uh, uterus. It was over very quickly, and um, he came up to me. I was, I was clenching my hands on my chest. I was so frightened. And uh, he came up to me and put his hand on mine and said, you're not pregnant anymore, I'm not doing this for the money. I'm doing this because you deserve a second chance. Hmm. And you, uh, you
0: describe that um, procedure. You know, obviously, any woman listening right now knows what you're talking about when you said he widened me um, uh-huh. so that he could uh, enter. Um, uh-huh. I imagine that was painful. That was your first time.
1: Oh, yes.
0: You hadn't had a gynecologist.
1: Even though I was given a shot, not really. Yeah. I I don't remember any effects of it. I just remembered being terrified and realizing that at this point, anything could happen to me. This could be botched up. But I was lucky. I had an illegal but professional abortion. And then? The after effects. It, it wasn't just the abortion. It was the after effects, too.
0: Describe um,
1: that. Well, physically, uh, this doctor, I must ad- admit, talked to us, gave us medication to, uh, to help with uh, the hormones, reverse the hormones, which were going full throttle pregnancy, And gave us his uh, home number and said, if there's any problems, call me. But the gauze that I put in there has to come out in 24 hours. Mm -hmm. And in 24 hours, I tugged at the gauze and it wouldn't come out. Oh, my goodness. Um, uh, So what did you do? I had a private talk with myself and I said, I have to do this. And I tugged. And I almost fainted with the pain. I had to hold on to the sink. And uh, it was a mess. It was a bloody mess. But I didn't bleed for long. And there was that. So there was that physical thing. But the emotional uh, impact of that was overwhelming. Uh, Talk more about that
0: emotional impact, Linda. How, oh. how are you feeling at this point? You're you're in physical pain clearly, but mm-hmm. what is going Did through your right heart and your head?
1: Did I do the wrong thing? What is this going to do to my relationship? What if I get pregnant again? Everything, uh, all the demons that mm-hmm. that uh, were out there to make me uh just uh, I I went into a I went into an episode after this, a really severe, depressive episode for a long time. And mm. the it always haunted me. Now, I promised myself that I would have no regrets. And I rationalized this whole thing as I was just postponing having a family with my partner. And that... Gave me something to hold on to. And it really affected the rest of my decisions in my life. So,
0: Linda, when you're going through all of this, where's your boyfriend at this time?
1: Uh, Pretty much absent. The night that the night after the abortion, I mean, the same day, but uh, in the evening, he went out drinking with his friends. And left me there alone. Mm hmm. To worry.
0: Did you tell anyone else
1: at the time? Uh, yes. Uh, my friends knew. They've never talked about it since.
0: So after. Like
1: it, it, it was like um, it was supposed to have never happened. But you can't bury something like that, you know? Um, when, yeah. the,
0: when the procedure was over, Linda, did you get driven back to that?
1: Street corner, yeah. or w- what happened? Yes, was driven back to the street corner, same street corner. And my partner was there to pick me up, but he acted like he was angry with me. And that went into the whole turmoil that I was going through and gave it an extra spin. Mm-hmm.
0: So... You've got so much on your mind, I can imagine, at this point. Uh, or were mm-hmm. you thinking about longer-term health impacts here?
1: Yes, yes. And I did go for an examination from my family doctor, and he was so pissed at me. He said, this would kill your mother. And he grudgingly, you know, examined me, and he said, well, you're all right. Did you eventually um, tell your mother? No, not not until she was much older and I was much older.
0: What did she say?
1: She did not accept it. I don't know how to describe it other than the fact that she just put her blinders on and acted like it never happened. This is the thing. You have it, and everybody wants you to act like it never happened. You can't do that.
0: So looking back now, how do you feel about your choice to to terminate your pregnancy?
1: I think I was very brave, a little crazy, and that I did the right thing for the circumstances. And I was damn lucky that I had this option. Illegal as it is, yeah. But um, I, I did have the option. That's mm-hmm. another reason that I was lucky. You, you did what you and could. and I had the money.
0: You did what you could given the options that were in front of you at the time.
1: Oh yes, yes. Um,
0: well, you know, it's fifty-three years later. Yes. Do you fear that other women will have to go through what you went through back in nineteen
1: sixty-nine? Oh, absolutely. Oh my gosh! Uh, I don't think any woman would not consider this and take it lightly. I, I'm sorry, getting a little emotional here. Um, Fifty-three years later, um, I'm able to revisit it because of the overturning of Roe versus Wade. And um, I have joined an uh, organization called the Clinic Best Project. And what they do is they escort women through the picketers, you know, these really nasty people who get in your face. I, I have been through a picket line, mm-hmm. so I, I know what I'm talking about. These people are just livid and threatening you. So Clinic Best Project escorts the women to and from having an abortion. So um, that's, that's one thing that I'm doing Yeah. so that others don't have to go through as much trauma, extra trauma, unnecessary trauma to an already traumatic uh, uh, point of their life.
0: Yeah, you're giving back
1: in your way. Yes, very much so. And writing, writing about it was also cathartic. And uh, so uh, I want people to know now more than ever what it is to a woman to have to go, to have to be put in that position in the first place. Because ultimately, I wasn't the only one responsible. I had used birth control. It was spermicidal foam because birth control was not over-the-counter. It was new, and it wasn't around very much. And heaven forbid that uh, the guys would wear a condom. It was just like, oh, no, not going to do that. So everything was on me, you know. Not getting pregnant, getting pregnant, getting unpregnant, trying to salvage this relationship. 53 years later, I'm astounded that I managed to pull it off.
0: You were incredibly brave, Linda. Oh,
1: thank you. Thank you. I, I see that now. Yeah. Back then, it was just confusion. Like I said, I had a psychotic episode after that. That was untreated because, again, you didn't—mental health was considered a, an affliction. So I had to keep that quiet and just work my way through it.
0: Well, we are grateful to you for your vulnerability today and even sharing that story and, and digging oh, that up so many years later.
1: I think it's so necessary, so necessary, and that everybody should do everything that they can to— cope with this and this overturning of Roe versus Wade, everybody do whatever you can to um, help the, the poor women who are put in this position. You know, there's a lot of reasons that there are abortions and they have worked because there have been underage women there have been women abused, raped, incest, you know, there there's just so much more to it than me getting in a really bad place. Mm-hmm. But I was able to uh, get out of it. And I hope I sincerely hope everybody will have the options that I had.
0: Thank you for sharing your story, Linda. Thank you very much. That's all for today's Reset. We'll be following the future of abortion access in the United States very closely. Be sure to subscribe and leave a rating. It really helps other folks find us. And we want to hear from you. How are you reacting to this news? What's going through your mind now that Roe v. Wade has been overturned? Leave us a message at 888-915-9945. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. Thanks for listening, and we'll meet again soon.